Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Come on, make some noise. Make some noise for Jesus this morning. Come on. The louder you get, the warmer you'll be, okay? So make some noise on Super Bowl Sunday. The louder you get, the warmer you'll be. So, so excited to be here. Before we get started, I've got to say something about your pastors. Friends, listen, it has not been easy to pastor in a pandemic. Do you know that? It has not been easy. But you have been given incredible leaders in this house. And whether you're watching online or you're here in this room, I want you to know that you have leaders that have a heart for the lost. And you're here because of that, many of you. They truly care for the broken. And they love this church. And so for 20 seconds, I want us to go hard right now for Pastor Kyle and Liz Turner. Come on now, come on. Let's go. Give it up. Make some noise. We love you. We honor you. You guys can take a seat. Thank you all so very much. Oh, it's been an incredible morning. I'm already out of breath up here. Let's go. Run it back for the kingdom. (laughs) What a day to be here. Super Bowl Sunday. Freezing cold. It's wild. My name is Lance Lang, and I am the founder of Hope Is Alive Ministries, and we are just so excited to be here. It's Pastor Kyle said and Liz alluded to as well, HA, we exist to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those who love them. And we do that through what we call mentoring homes, where men and women transition into our homes and stay for a period of a year to 18 months. And kind of just in a nutshell, HIA, we believe that change takes place when, listen to me, commonly afflicted people are challenged to grow, heal, core wounds, develop life skills in the confines of a biblical community. And we believe change takes place when that begins to happen. But I want to tell you something just right out the gate. I want to tell you the secret sauce to Hope is Alive. Can I tell you that? This is the Chick-fil-A sauce, if you will, of Hope is Alive. And that is my wife. It's my wife, okay? I think we have a picture of her on the screen right now. My wife, Allison Lang, she helps oversee the entire program. She is the best thing that ever happened to me. I love to say it like this. She, when she joined us, she made everything better and more beautiful. Amen. And I love her so much. Thank you so much, Allie, for being here, for being a cheerleader for me, for everything that you do for our program. You are the absolute greatest thing ever. Well, church, thank you. I don't even know if words can express it. Thank you. Thank you. I've never seen so many uniforms in a a building before. Thank you for getting behind Hope is Alive. I know we're new to the area, and you guys just jumped in with both feet. We have some guys that came and helped us move in on day one. We have men that are coming over on Bible study night on Monday nights to help bring a word. You've just jumped in, and I just want to say thank you. You are truly helping not just change one life, as we talked about with Pastor Kyle, but you're truly changing the future generations of these families through your generosity. And in the coming months, you're going to have an opportunity to really get plugged in, 
And you'll hear about ways to come and serve and bring a meal or do a Bible study like some of the guys are doing. Find a home for the women up north. We're going to have an opportunity to move in and do all those things. I just want to encourage you, jump in. Jump in. There's something that happens when you come face to face with a resident. We have some residents right over here, by the way, of Hope is Alive. There's something that happens when you come face to face with a resident of Hope is Alive. What's going on is you're really being around someone that was once dead that has been brought back to life. You're truly encountering face to face, listen, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you will not leave the same that way that you showed up. You will leave differently. And so I want to challenge you. Get involved. Jump in. When you see that next opportunity, sign up. And listen, you can trust me. I'm a drug addict. Some of you got that. Seriously, though, you can trust me. <laughs> okay, You will have a great, great time when you come to Hope is Alive. Let's pray, and we're going to jump in the Word. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Father, I thank you, God, that from the inside out, you're warming us up with the Spirit, God, that you are in this room, that in the next few minutes, we are able to encounter you in a new and fresh way. I pray, God, that you would speak through me to the hearts of the people in here and online to help us to know that we have something that you've given us that will truly change the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, I'm sure you're wondering, what in the world have I got myself into? This crazy, bald, drug addict up here, and why is his beard as red as Kyle's hair? And like, what, what is going on? Well, we're brothers, and, and we are just uh, hit it off, quite frankly, the first time that we met. We're both from Northeast Oklahoma, we are both pastors' kids. We both way outkicked our coverage with our wives. And I mean, we sat down for a coffee and something truly clicked. And he didn't know it in the moment. But what I was doing, though, was I was engaging with him on my secret weapon. He had no idea. But I used my secret weapon on him in that first encounter that we had. I began to share with him. And I could begin to see that he understood what I was talking about. I could see the spark in his eyes. I had a secret weapon that I was passing on. He was visualizing it. He was seeing it and he was buying into it. And I want you to know that the secret weapon that I have this morning, you have it as well. You have it as well. It's captivating. It's inspiring. It motivates people. And if you're taking notes with us this morning and we say at Hope is Alive that note takers are history makers, so I hope that you are, I want you to write this down to so the title of the message this morning, morning your secret weapon. Pastor Kyle had no idea that I was passing on this secret weapon to him, but it knit our hearts together, and because of it, people's lives have been changed. What is your secret weapon, friends? It's your story. It's your story. And every single person, under the sound of my voice, and watching right now, you have a story. Stories are sticky. They connect people. In my studies, I found that they actually connect us molecularly. Big word, right? But studies at Princeton have shown that brain waves of people that are watching and listening to stories actually begin to synchronize as the storyteller tells the story. The professor of psychology and neuroscience at Princeton says this, depending on the story you're reading, watching, or listening to, 
your palms may start to sweat. Has anybody ever seen the movie Free Solo? I was a sweaty mess watching that. As I watched him try to climb that mountain, I began to relate and I was right there with him. The scientist says that you'll blink faster as you listen to stories that you relate to. Your heart might flutter or skip a beat. Your facial expressions shift. The muscles above your eyebrows will react to the words. What am I saying? Stories connect us. They're sticky. It goes on to say that listeners, in turn, may think about that story. How many of you have done this? Replay it in your head over time, maybe even verbalize it to somebody else, which reinforces the memories. And over time, the story can change you. Has a story ever changed you? Stories are sticky. They connect us. They change us. But we don't need science to tell us what our Savior's already taught us. Somebody come with me this morning. We don't need science to tell us what our Savior has already taught us us. Jesus was the master storyteller. He spoke through parables. If you ever look through the gospels and if you have a Bible that has the red print, that's Jesus speaking. And oftentimes he'd be surrounded by people. They'd be asking him questions and to help them understand what he was trying to say, to motivate them, to connect with their hearts. He would often respond by something like this. Well, it's the kingdom of heaven. It's like a landowner. And he'd go into his story. He'd be asking another question and I could just visualize him there around people and he'd say, well, it's like a seed that you sow. And he'd begin to tell the story, right? Or he'd be asking another question. He said, well, the kingdom of heaven might be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. What is he doing? He's using the story to teach us, to connect us, to inspire us. We don't need science to remind us of this. Jesus taught us this. Stories are powerful. Stories connect us. They change us. And friends here in Kansas City and beyond, you have a story. God wants you to use this secret weapon, this story that he's given you, to change the world. I'll never forget the first moment I realized I was addicted to prescription pills. It was uh, freezing, like it is here. (laughs) February, I was in a Holiday Inn outside of Denver, Colorado. And even though it was freezing outside, I woke up at 3 a.m. in a pool of my own sweat. I was kicking my legs. I couldn't couldn't stop. I I had this stomach pain, and I, I literally just was able to roll myself out of the bed crawled in this dark hotel room, wondering what is going on with my body into the bathroom, pulled myself up over the sink and my eyes caught the mirror and a million thoughts rushed through my mind. What is going on? Am I sick? Is there something I've eaten? What's happening to me? And in a moment of clarity, I thought about the movies that I had watched where I'd watched drug addicts withdraw from drugs. Nod your head if you're with me this morning. And in that moment, I realized I was hooked. It was the early stages of my addiction. I was taking a handful of Lortabs, prescription pain pills, every single day. I was, maybe the excuse was I was in a high pressure job during that time and I was in a family business and a lot was on my shoulders. And so in the evening times, I began for months and months at a time just to take a few pills. And what I realized in that moment is I hadn't taken any that day and that night my body was reminding me 
And I was hooked. And I came face to face. Many of you might be there today in some area of your life with a choice. Would I reach out for help? Like I hope and pray many of you will today from this message. For whatever it is that's trying to hold you back from what God has for you. Or would I continue on this vicious cycle? In that moment, I hate to say it, but I uh, promised myself when I got back, I'd find pills. And that's what I did, and my cycle continued. But about two weeks later, I, um, <laughs> I ran into the most amazing woman I'd ever met in my entire life. She's beautiful. She swooped me up. I mean, I was in love, so much so that I actually stopped using drugs for a couple weeks. But you might know this truth that there's no amount of love that will change an addict's life. And I continued to fall back into that cycle and it led to the craziest of relationships, screaming matches, lies, manipulations, intense conversations where she would look me in the eyes and she would beg me, please do not get high today. She'd try to stand in front of the car and say, please don't get in this car. And every single time I would chase the drugs and she would chase me. And I became the worst possible version of myself. Friends, I was a liar. I was a cheater. I was a master manipulator. I was just a con artist. I would tell you exactly what I needed to tell you to get whatever I needed to get. And I ruined so many people's lives. And after two years of this and finally getting caught one last time stealing pills, this incredible woman that God had placed in my life finally said enough was enough. And she ended our engagement Rightfully so, I found myself holed up in my house, reclusive and alone, and my addiction just spiraled out of control. I found Oxycontin at this time, and my, my addiction just jumped off the charts. I couldn't go a single hour without taking some type of substance. There was many, many nights where I just hoped I'd take enough where I wouldn't wake up the next day. But how many of you know this? that we serve a God who is willing to jump in the middle of our pain, who's willing to crawl in the middle of our misery, to lift us up after our greatest defeat. We serve a God where there is no place his grace can't reach. There is no misery his mercy won't heal. And there is no darkness that his light will not overcome. Psalms 139 says it so well. It says, says where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? He says, if I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise in the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. He goes on to say this, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. I came to tell somebody this morning in Kansas City, there is no place of darkness where the light of our Father cannot reach you. There's no place of darkness where the light of our Father cannot reach your son, your daughter, your husband, your wife. Don't give up. Don't quit praying. God can do anything. And he rescued me on April 27, 2011. Brought me to a treatment center where I would take a step to change my life and I worked so hard for months to do this and God really healed the painful parts of my life and he developed in me this secret weapon, this story. But how many of you know that it's one thing to have a secret weapon, it's another thing to engage it. 
Many of you are sitting on a secret weapon right now, but you haven't chose to engage it. I could feel early on in my sobriety that God was calling me to tell my story. I didn't know where it would take me. Sometimes I didn't even know the next step. But what I did know is that whatever he asked me to do, my response had to be yes. And I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning with a decision that's in front of you. But I want to encourage you this morning. When you say yes to God, you say yes to purpose in your life. When you say yes to God, you say yes to his destiny for you. To the life that he's called you to live. When you say yes to God, great things begin to happen. Honestly, I I really think in my heart of hearts that if we sit down one to one, just one at a time and we walk through everybody in this crowd and everybody watching, I think every single person in this room in their heart of hearts would say, I want to live a life that makes a difference. I really believe that God's planted that in every single heart. No matter if you believe or if you don't believe, I believe that there's no one here that wants to live a life of insignificance. We all want to make a difference in some way, shape, or form. But we don't know how to take the next step, and it looks improbable or impossible. But what I came to tell you this morning is that when you begin to engage this secret weapon, this story that God has given you, impossible things begin to become possible. And the purpose that you really want for your life is just on the other side of that yes. I think we forget that God has called us his co-workers. Do you know that? His co-workers. He wants you to come alongside of him. And when you feel the spirit inside of you to help somebody else, to give a dollar to somebody on the streets, to sign up for a connect group, to start serving somewhere else, that's God saying, join me. Come on. I need your help. I want you to be my co-worker. I know that we are facing battles, every single person in this room, but you're not facing the battle unarmed. Come on, somebody. You're not facing the battle unarmed. You've got a secret weapon. You've got a story to tell. And we overcome by what? Revelations 12, 11 says we overcome by the blood of the lamb, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and the word of our testimony. There's an end there. We get to battle every day in the promise of overcoming the accuser who's telling you that you're not worth anything. The lies that he has told you, the fear he's poured over you. How do you overcome that? The word of your testimony. And maybe somebody just needs to go and look in the mirror and write some affirmations and remind yourself of how you've overcome and where you used to be. I was brought to tears this morning in the hotel room thinking of where I was. And where he's brought me today. And I overcome fear and I step into it by saying, I've got a story to tell. I've got a secret weapon. And there's no enemy that's going to talk me out of it. But that's what he wants to do to us, right? How? Comparison. My story's not like hers. I don't have a crazy story. I don't know where where I was and where I am today. I understand that because I relate to what the enemy wants to tell me. There's so many drug addict turned sober stories. We don't need another one, Lance. You never even put a needle in your arm and didn't do any prison time. Your story's not that crazy. 
He wants me to compare it to other people, but I reject that. My story is powerful. Why? Because it's the story of the gospel in my life. See, I was a sinner. I was lost. Bound in shame. In bondage to substances. But God. But God, in his goodness, chose to give me another chance. And it's his grace. It's his love. That's brought me up and developed this secret weapon that salvation story can somebody smile under a mask this morning come on somebody god has given us a secret weapon and it's this freedom that we find truly when we live out the purpose of that secret weapon that allows us to do things we never thought possible and it's that place of freedom that in uh, february of 2013 this idea of having a home and inviting five guys to come and live in this experiment. I think we have a picture of the first five guys. This is crazy. And this, this experiment, yeah, it was Christmas time. So we were all wearing those things. And just these guys and what would happen if we lived in the context of community and worked on life skills. And again, all with the church wrapped around us. What would begin to happen? Well, one home went to two. When you live a life of purpose, things begin to happen and two homes begin to go to three and you tell the story and you engage your secret weapon and three homes go to four. And about that time, that incredible young woman who I had lost through my addiction, God was beginning to do something in her life. I had no idea, but there was a spirit of grace falling upon her, a spirit of forgiveness falling upon her. And that incredible woman who I hurt so bad in my addiction began to allow me to talk to her again. And in October of 2016, she gave me the best blessing outside of my salvation I've ever received. And that was her hand in marriage. And when Allie joined the ministry, she began to open homes for women. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but multiple homes for women. And fast forward, here we are today, almost eight years later, 21 homes in seven cities, in four states, over 200 residents. To God be the glory, great things he will do when you begin to use your testimony, to engage it in the lives of people. Incredible things begin to happen, and it reminds me of the story of Chelsea and Jeremy Williams. Chelsea was one of the first woman residents who ever moved into our home. And I think we have a picture of them about the time that they moved in. Let's leave it right there for a second. As you look at that, I want you to know that that's what they looked like on the night where in the heights of their addiction, they were squatting in a rundown nursing home and they left their two young boys there to go seek drugs. And when they came back, the police were all around this nursing home. And those kids were in the back of a police car. Chelsea would tell you how this, as you can imagine, broke her. The legal ramifications required her to go and seek help. And she found hope is alive. And soon right after that, Jeremy did too. And after about 18 months of working hard and developing their life skills and growing deeper in their faith and healing those core wounds, all in the context of community, they graduated our program and they did it together. But that's not even the end of the story. Soon after that, Jeremy proposed 
to Chelsea and they were able to do things right in their life and get married. But get this, four years later, it takes time, but four years later, they went and sat in front of a judge and the judge gave custody back to them of those children. We have a picture of that today. It's absolutely amazing what God has done in their lives. That's them afterwards. Come on, keep making some noise. Unbelievable. And this is a picture of those two boys. And get this, their new daughter. What the enemy meant for evil, God can turn to so good. What if on the other side of you engaging your secret weapon is a life and a family like that, that God wants to change, whose future will never be the same and it has nothing to do with Lance or Ali. It has to do with God's story of the gospel in their life. And you, friends, have that same secret weapon. There's hope, <laughs> such hope in the secret weapon. And I know that many of you might struggle with overcoming something in your past and Talking through your story could be emotional for you as you touch on those sensitive areas. But I just want somebody to know that we actually grow in our faith and overcome the enemy when we engage this story of hope in our lives. We build a foundation that we can work on. And each time you share this story, you engage in your faith, you're helping and serving others to do the same thing. And crazy, exceedingly, abundantly, Ephesians 3.20 stuff starts to happen. Like this. This little book I wrote, probably full of grammar errors, self-published. That was just a compilation of a bunch of blogs that I wrote over a year. But it began to speak to moms and dads and spouses of drug addicts and alcoholics. It's specifically written for loved ones. And because it began to speak to them, we started a support group called Finding Hope, just for loved ones of addicts, no addicts allowed. And in these support groups, I'll never forget it, a couple named Cindy and Lynn walked in. They were angry. Every single week, they'd walk in with scowls on their face. They were hurt. Their precious daughter, Julie, been wrapped up in addiction for years and years, and they didn't know what to do. So they started coming to these groups, angry every single week. And for months and months and months, they'd come, and sometimes they'd have stories of talking to Julie. Sometimes they'd have stories where they hadn't seen her in months. And one day, they walked in, and they said, we found her. She's incarcerated, and we don't know what to do. Let's find out what happened next. Let's watch this video. Julie was so much like me. I think even as a baby, my mom would tell me she was a lot like me. I just remember that time she and I graduated on the same day. I graduated from college and she graduated from high school. And I just remembered her going off and thinking she's gonna have such a great life. Ultimately, she spent a year and a half in our correctional system here in Oklahoma for her crime. As it got closer to her release, and I said, we will get you a phone conversation with, with the folks at Hope is Alive. And I mean, she's become a person that I never knew she could even be. I'm so proud of 
how she's overcome such a horrible thing. I just can't wait to see what she does next. You just can't believe where they've come from and where they are today. And they wouldn't be in that position without everyone's help. Any little bit, doesn't matter how big or small because it all has an impact on these folks getting their lives changed. There's just no better place to put anything you have but into this ministry. Let's make some noise for Julie, come on. Because here's the deal, and keep it going. The celebration continues. In two weeks, she celebrates three years of sobriety. And because of your generosity, church, she will be helping open the woman's home right here in Kansas City. She's sitting right here in this crowd. Make some noise. What happens when you engage your secret weapon? Lives are changed. It's amazing. We're so proud of you. When you engage what God has given you, unbelievable, radical things start to happen. What if a room this size began to commit to walking out these doors and saying, I'm going to live my testimony. I'm going to use my secret weapon. And understand this, friends. What you have been through your story is just yours. It's specific. It's special. It's unique. No one else has it. No one has sir, your story. Friend watching, no one has what you've been through. My dear, there's nobody that's gone through what you've been through. But only in God's economy are your struggles someone else's strengths. Nowhere else and what you've been through that's unique and special also help to build somebody else's faith. Your failures equal somebody else's freedom. But it only begins to happen when you stand up and say, yes, God, wherever you lead me, I'm there. Whatever you ask me to do, I'm all in. I'm no longer living halfway. I want to engage this secret weapon. I want to help somebody else. I want to live a life of significance. This is what God's calling us to do, friends, in this world. Listen, come on in with me. Don't the people around us need hope? Aren't we in a, a time where the people around us are desperate for some type of connection? Desperate for what only the church can give them. You're the church. Claim the secret weapon promise to engage it. Watch what God does when you begin to live a life of purpose. Let's pray. God, we're thankful, grateful, humbled that you would with all the grace and love and mercy step into the middle of the mess of our lives and choose Thank you, Father, that each of us have a story of salvation to tell. God, that the special victories, the tough defeats, the painful moments and memories, every single part of our story, God, you will not waste. I pray courage and confidence 
blessings over every single person in this room and watching on a screen today or somewhere in the future, Father, that you would help us have boldness and faith to step out and to use this secret weapon to help further build your